2: Welcome to FinCashfin,
0: where Bebop is awesome and Jonathan is pretty
1: good. All right, that was from Clara from Otterberg, Germany, and that was her catchphrase for our show. But I have to admit, even though it was a catchphrase, I didn't quite catch what she said.
0: Yes, you did.
1: It was something about someone being awesome and someone being pretty good.
0: Yeah, I was the awesome one.
1: I don't want to get caught up in the details. One of us was awesome. One of us was pretty good. Let's just agree on that, shall we?
0: The important detail is that I am the awesome one.
1: Yeah, again, I just couldn't quite catch it. All right, so we have another one here from Tegan from Louisville, Colorado. She actually actually sent in five. One of them was Adventure Awaits You. That's really great. Another one was Starry, Dark, and Awesome. I like that one a lot. Another one was Troop 301 Reporting for Duty.
0: Yeah, she had a couple of yeah, she had a couple of other ones too, Jonathan.
1: Oh okay, Bebop. Why don't you read those? op op. Hmm, okay.
0: Bing bang bop bump bong bump.
1: <laughs> that sounds like some sort of code. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I love those catchphrases. Thank you so much to Tegan and Clara for the catchphrases for this week. All right, let's get right into it, shall we, Bebop? We have a mega episode today. If you remember what happened in the last episode, the kids had figured out a way to get through the magical in-between, but they blew up their ship in the process. Let's find out what happens on this week's episode of The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 5, Episode 11, Elf on the Self. "'Now!' yelled Finn, and Abigail folded and pinched and folded until all of the lines met and formed one long line, the magical in-between now practically folded in on itself as thin as a ruler. But the ship couldn't take it, and the hull splintered apart like the giant pirate vessel had been crushed in a vice, sending the explorers and their fellow pirates flying apart.' Finn grabbed Abigail's wrist. Hold on, yelled Abigail. Finn could barely catch his breath and certainly didn't have enough to respond, but he didn't plan on letting Abigail go. The two searched the turbulent sky where islands and animals and just about anything you could think of flew by looking for their friends. Elias came spinning at them and Abigail was able to grab his ankle. The three of them looked like stunt skydivers now who'd lost their formation and were panicked without their parachutes. Off in the distance, Finn spotted a light and that light was growing now. And he had a hunch that they had to pass through that light to make it out of the collapsing magical in-between. He grabbed onto the dorsal fin of a passing dolphin and the three friends careened toward the light thanks to the speed of that magical animal. Finn looked frantically around. They couldn't leave, not without Page and Vale, and maybe even not without Captain Crabhammer, who, despite being a profoundly weird little pirate, had grown on him. Bogus, for all Finn cared, could hang out with the sharks. The dolphin swam or flew or whatever it was doing, even faster, heading toward the light, and it wasn't until Finn was in full panic mode thinking he was going to leave his sister behind when he recognized the light was Paige, the guiding light of the ship. His glowing, magical sister had somehow become the guiding light of the magical in between. And when they arrived at Paige, he saw that she was still clinging to what remained of the ship, holding on to the railing, and looking like he might throw up, was Bogus. And standing proudly on what was left of the deck, like he was ship's captain, was Vale. And standing proudly on Vale's shoulder was the actual captain, Crabhammer. "'Good,' said Crabhammer.
2: "'Now that we're all here, we can depart.'
1: "'Depart for where?' said Finn, letting go of the dolphin's fin and thumping down onto the scrap of the ship. "'Through the portal your sister opened, of course.' said Crabhammer. Finn looked and saw that Paige's light was much bigger than her six-year-old self, and it was now projected behind her, forming a giant window. Paige, you did that? said Finn. I really thought Abigail and I, with our folding... Yeah, you actually did it, said Crabhammer.
2: Your sister just asked me to tell you that she did it. But it was your folding. Of course it was. Look around you. You've turned the magical in-between into the magical washing machine. Now, come on. Let's sail.
1: Crabhammer lifted his hammer high in the sky, and the motley pirate crew sputtered forth on their scrap of wrecked ship through a portal and then splashed down into some actual water where the boat immediately began to sink. Get me out of here, cried Crabhammer, scrambling up to the top of Vale's head. Ah, yes, our brave captain, said Bogus, The only crab in the universe scared of the water.
2: Hey, I'm a space crab, man,
1: said Crabhammer.
2: I'd like to see some of those saltwater crabs hang out among the stars.
1: But whether Crabhammer's phobia was justified or not... The kids could see they had a real problem. They'd landed in some sort of lake on a planet they'd never seen before. Nearby stood a small castle with small doors and windows. That's a castle, said Vale. Very observant, said Bogus. No, that's a castle, said Vale. And we are in water in front of a castle? Which means... We're probably sinking right into a boat right now, which means, yes, Crabhammer is right to be nervous. Let's get out of here before we go down with the ship. The explorers all dove into the water, swimming as fast as they could to the edge, Crabhammer nervously tap dancing atop Valé's head, trying to avoid the water. They washed ashore without incident, but the kids felt defeated. So please tell me this is it, said Abigail, this is where our friends are? Hmm, I'm not sure, said Bogus. That portal would have taken us to one of two planets. One of them has your robots, and the other. <laughs> Bogus looked over at the castle. The drawbridge in front lowered, and out marched a squadron of small aliens. They looked almost human but had pointy ears, and they all wore some sort of goggles over their eyes. The goggles were brass, with intricate buckles and snaps on them, and the glass that covered their eyes was rounded, almost like snow globes were strapped to their heads. Yep, we're on the other planet, said Boggess. Duck! The aliens raised bows and fired arrows at the explorers the explorers all ducked and ran quickly behind a large rock just a bit away from the castle, seeking shelter. The aliens had missed on their first go-round, but Finn heard them getting ready to fire another round. What is going on here? said Abigail. We've landed on an elven planet, said Boggis. The thieves who stole your robots were goblins who have been at war with the elves for centuries. Now... We just plopped ourselves onto their planet and they apparently think we are goblin invaders. Okay, said Finn. Well, we need to do something. We can't stay behind a rock forever. Can't we just tell them we're not goblins?
2: Don't think we can stay here at all,
1: said Crabhammer, pointing to the sky. A hail of arrows flew over the rock, soaring past the explorers. But suddenly, the arrows paused midair, and seemed to fold along a hinge in their middle. The arrows now pointed directly at the explorers and their ends flared up and the arrows shot back straight at the pirates. "Incoming!" cried Crabhammer, and he leaped up and began knocking away arrows with his hammer. <laughs> Not bad for an old space crab, huh? said Crabhammer. But their victory was short-lived. Another round of arrows shot over the rock, and this time, they stopped and pointed straight down at the ground, and dove, point first, into the ground. That's weird, said Paige. Suddenly, the arrows all exploded like fireworks, sending lights and burning embers up into the sky. Hmm, pretty good show, but not exactly that threatening, said Abigail. Another round of arrows soared over their heads. Okay, what is it this time? said Boggis. But it was hard to see, because the smoke from the fireworks had created a thick cloud above the explorers. They listened for more explosions, but heard nothing. Huh, I guess those were duds, said Vale. But then, suddenly, he felt a thorn poke in his hand. And then Finn felt one too. Down, through the cloud of smoke, came parachuting tiny, mechanical elves. They looked just like the elves they'd seen march out of the castle, but were made of brass, gears whirring, as they reloaded tiny bows and fired miniature arrows at the pirates. The explorers all felt the stings, but they weren't exactly scared. It didn't really hurt. It was more annoying. Okay, okay, said Bogus. We surrender. The large man stood, his head poking above the rock they hid behind, his hands high in the air. Call off your mini-marauders over there, said Bogus. We surrender. We are on your side. We, too, seek to invade the goblins. At Bogus's mention of the goblins, the mechanical elves stopped firing. They had landed now and pointed their little bows at the pirates, as though they were standing watch. They were so small, Finn felt like he could stub his toe on one of them, and it would probably destroy it. Bogus made his way over to the squadron, and was there for a long time, negotiating with the elves, as the explorers stood under the careful watch of their mechanical guards. This place is really cool, said Elias. It's sort of steampunk. Look, these little guys, they're not like our robots. There's no electronics that I can see. It's all brass and gears and mechanisms, he said. Elias reached out to pick one up and inspect it. Ow! Elias brought his hand back. I don't think they like that, said Bogus, returning to his crew. Come on, the queen wants to see us. Hands up. The explorers put their hands over their heads, and Crabhammer raised his hammer, and they marched, single file, flanked by the small elves and the even smaller mechanical elves, into the castle. Bogus had to get on his hands and knees to make his way through, but the kids were okay if they just ducked their heads a bit. Inside was like nothing they had seen before. Everywhere they looked, there was a machine whirring and spinning, there were gears hanging from the ceiling and turning, spinning some machine the kids could only guess at. Everything was brass and glass and leather and sparkled with whatever magic was making everything turn. They were brought into a large chamber where Bogus could kneel and the kids could stand up straight. Before them was the Elven Queen, a regal-looking woman, slightly taller than the other elves, with long gray hair and a golden crown atop her head. The crown seemed to be the only thing in the entire castle that didn't move. Even the queen's throne had small, rotating gears alongside of it. Your Majesty, said Abigail, kneeling in front of her. My name is Abigail O'Baro, captain of Explorers Troop 301, from the famous Marlowe 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. We are travelers. We mean you and your planet no harm. My companion here, Abigail pointed to Bogus. tells us some friends who are very important to us have been captured by the goblins whom you quarrel with. We ask your assistance in getting to our friends and getting them back. The queen held out her hand, standing in her palm, "'was a miniature version of herself, comprised of golden gears.
2: "'I shall speak for the queen,'
1: said the little queen.
2: "'We cannot trust you. "'The goblins are very tricky "'and have sent soldiers disguised as wayward travelers before. "'I'm sorry, but you will have to be placed in the dungeons.'
1: "'But my queen,' said Abigail." If we were sent here by the goblins, surely we would have fought back by now. We've done nothing but comply and surrender. Surely you saw our ship land in the water out there. You know what a wreck it was. The queen looked at Abigail, seeming to think over what she was saying.
2: Words are just tricks for goblins,
1: yelled the little mechanical queen.
2: To the dungeons!
1: Please, said Finn. They stole our robots.
2: Dungeons!
1: Those robots are friends of ours who have been with us our whole lives, said Finn. Robots? said the queen, standing up. The goblins have stolen your robots? So then it is true. This is no good. The queen stood. Please, follow me, she said. The elves in the chamber all gasped to hear the queen's voice, but were quick to fall in line and guard the strangers as they all quickly made their way out of the castle and around back to where a path cut into a thick forest. We elves have been at war with the goblins for as long as anyone can remember, said the queen as they walked hastily through the winding path. We have always been able to fend them off thanks to our mechanical advancements. The little queen, standing on the queen's head, took a bow. The goblins have no technology like ours, but their magic has always been far stronger. Where we can only enchant our creations, our magic limited to animating what we build with our own hands, they have a deep sorcery that shows itself in strange and frightening, powerful ways. So if now they have robot technology, said Elias, that means they could use their magic on our robots, which would make them more powerful than you. Quite, said the queen, as they emerged into a clearing atop a small hill. You must stop them, said the queen. We can send you to their planet, right there. She pointed to a small glowing green dot in the pale blue sky. Stop the goblins, save your friends, and you will save my people as well. Great, said Valle. Abigail is an amazing pilot. I'm sure she can fly whatever spaceship you have. Oh no, said the queen. We don't have a spaceship, but we do have ways of getting to that planet. The elves marched into the clearing, carrying a large brass barrel. Climb in here, said the queen. But if that's not a spaceship, said Page. how are we going to get to that planet? Oh, we have ways, said the queen. Suddenly, a patch of grass opened up and an enormous brass crossbow raised out of the ground. See, we can fire you from this crossbow, said the queen, smiling, clearly proud of the giant bow. We put the barrel in here and then it shoots it very straight, but sometimes a little too hard. You should see the craters on the goblin planet. Or... Another patch of grass opened up. An enormous mechanical monster rose up as if on an elevator. Strangely, it wore a brass baseball cap. This is the golden pitcher, and it can throw your barrel up there, said the queen. He doesn't have quite the power of the crossbow so there's less of a chance of a splat. But he does have a wicked curveball, so sometimes you could veer off course. Or, no more choices, please, said Vale. Another patch of grass opened up, and a giant gold and brass fish flopped onto the ground. This one, well, this one can spit you into space said the queen. And what about the pros and cons? said Finn. Does it spit too hard? Does it have bad aim? No idea, said the queen. We just built it, and we've never tested this one before. It looks fun, but for some reason, nobody wants to be spit into space. The queen looked at the pirates. So, what will it be? All right, I am here with my son and my editor. His name is Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. Hi, hi, hello. (laughs) So, Griff, what's, uh... (laughs) For those of you who can't see, which is everybody, he's dancing. (laughs) (laughs) So, did you like that episode? Yeah! Do you have any questions about the episode? Um, yeah. Like,
0: where did I get shot? There's a fish... There's the Bionic Fish, and then there's the Bionic Pitcher, then there's the (laughs) Bionic Crossbow.
1: Yeah, so they have three options, the Crossbow, the Pitcher, and the Fish. Yeah. Uh, Which one would you prefer to be strapped into a barrel inside of and shot to another planet?
0: I'm pretty sure neither. I'd just take a ship. That option is
1: not on I know, the table I
0: know, but I most likely Just go with I would not go with the fish
1: Why or, not? Why wouldn't you go with the fish? Because
0: it's never been tested Also, uh, who wants to get spit?
1: Okay <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so then it's down to the crossbow So the crossbow Don't, The danger that, is that you get splatted onto the other planet Yeah. And, and the pitcher Is that you exactly
0: get stuck in space
1: Which one do you think you would risk going with.
0: Uh, for the picture, I take plenty of food and water, <laughs> just in case. Okay. <laughs> and for the, the crossbow, bone. I also I pack a I pack a giant manatee of cushions.
1: Yeah, maybe some uh, football pads or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh boy.
1: Yeah. Well, we need the audience to tell us which questionable device should. Shoot the explorers to the other planet. Should it be the fish? Should it be the pitcher? Or should it be the crossbow? (laughs) Pitcher. We're going to set up a poll. The link is in the show notes. Or you can go to fincaspian.com slash projectile. And the poll will be there. Vote for which one you think is least likely to end up in disaster. Probably. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about where the idea for this episode came from.
0: It came from the assassination of Bang, but but, I I I I (laughs) forgot forgot his name. I'm (laughs) not
1: sure how you say his name. It's the assassination of Bronwine Spurge or Brangwine Spurge. It's by the author M.T. Anderson, who's a great writer, who's written a lot of really great books that we've read before. And this is his latest book that came out just a couple months ago. So it's for, I would say, you know, like maybe 10 and up. And in that book, the titular Bronwyn Spurge is shot out of a crossbow by elves to the land of the goblins. And uh, so that's sort of where the idea for this part of the story came from.
0: Except the goblins were expecting yeah. their visitors and and were welcoming and not...
1: Yeah, not they weren't at war. Yeah. <laughs> But you know that I mean that's kinda what we do is we take aspects of books and use that as inspiration, right? Yep. Alright, anything else you wanna talk about? No. We only have two episodes left this season.
0: <gasps>
1: We're gonna wrap up by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin just fell over. <laughs> All right, so vote in that poll. You'll find the link in the show notes. I'll go to com slash projectile. All right, then what period of the show is it right now?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Art time! Door time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to thank our artists Tegan, who is 10, from Louisville, Colorado. Samantha, who is 8, from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Sam, who is three, and Olive, who is six, from Santee, California. Annika, who is six, from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Diego, from Los Angeles, California. Nico, from Portland, Maine, who is five. Gracie and Rosie, from Kearney, Nebraska. Alex, who is ten, from Issaquah, Washington. Our pal Alex Shurik. Cade, who is eight, from Salem, Oregon. Leighton, who is six, from Belton, Texas. Sawyer, who is six, from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Seth, who is five, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Kai, who is eight, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Alex, who is six, from Wellington, New Zealand. Five-year-old Jace, from Salem, Oregon. Seven-year-old Fiona. Teo from Barcelona. And Abe, who is six, from East Haven, Vermont. Thank you all so much. And now, Griff, what time is it?
0: Blanket time
1: Blanket time You going to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) It's joke time Alright for our jokes today Up first is DJ
0: My name is DJ I'm almost 6 years old And here's my joke What do aliens use to fetch water? The big dipper Or also the small dipper
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome Thank you so much DJ And now our pal Annika, who is six, from Linwood, Washington.
2: What's the most unhappy planet in the galaxy? Saturn. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's awesome. Thank you to Annika and DJ for those awesome jokes. Griffin, we've talked about the projectiles. We've talked about the inspiration. Anything else you want to talk about today?
0: Uh, keep sending in art, jokes, sounds, And characters.
1: That's right. Keep sending in your art, jokes, sounds, and characters. All right, Griff. If that's it, you want to say goodbye? Bye bye. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. All right. Thanks for coming back and having more fun with us this week. Remember, to take our poll for how the explorers should be shot to the Goblin Planet, by going to fincaspian.com/projectile or clicking on the link in the show notes, it'll take you to a poll where you can decide. The Alien Adventures of Fincaspian Caspian is a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger. With special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg. Recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our show art is by Sir Ian Dingman. And for more information about the show, go to FinnCaspian.com or check out the show notes. For more great podcasts for your family, go to BestRobotEver.com and we will see you next week. Hey,
2: next week. Let's have a catchphrase that's just robot talk. Be-bop-boop-bop-be-bop-boop.
3: Hey, parents and teachers. Have you heard about gzmclassroom.com?